In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Three in One who comes to us to share His life with us. So that we might share our lives with others. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Tax day is coming up. Yay. Everybody have their tax returns done? Um, if, if, if you don't, you have to get working on it. You have until Tuesday, which is a little bit odd. Normally, if uh, April 15th falls on a Sunday, you, you have to file them uh, that Monday. But uh, there's a weird thing going on this year, and uh, they, there's a special holiday that only applies to um, Washington, D.C., but they're going to take the, the whole day off on Monday, so that means that the rest of us get a break, um, and uh, you procrastinators... That means that you actually get until Tuesday to postmark that 1040 EZ or whatever you have to put in the mail and write that sort of massive check if you're somebody like me, especially if you're self-employed. Uh, you have to write this check that is like, probably the largest check that you write all year. And you have to say, okay, here we go. And we have this sort of love-hate relationship with taxes, don't we? Like, uh, we, we, one of the things that we say is there's two sure things in life, and they, it's taxes and what else? Death. death, yeah, kind of morbid. We're like, okay, death, taxes, they're the same thing. Um, they're at least related cousins. We don't like taxes. When I remember being a little kid and thinking that it was so unfair the moment that I figured out what sales tax was. Because I had saved up my money for something, and you know, you go up to the register, and you're like, okay, I know how much this costs, I know how much it says on the little sticker on, on the thing, and you know, you, you have all of this change, um, which the, the cash register person is like, oh no. Um, and you bring it up there, and uh, they type in, and uh, then they say, well, it's that plus about seven cents. And you go, I, I don't have that. What seven cents? Cheater? What do you mean seven cents? It says right there. This is how much it costs. We don't like taxes because we don't we don't really under, understand them. Really, taxes to us are just something else that we have to pay. We have to pay into these this this taxes so that we can have things like marines. That we can have things like a government, which sometimes we're kind of like, well, maybe we don't really need one. Um, but we do. We do. We, we, we've all decided as a country, come on. Um, we need taxes. And really what we're doing is when we're paying our taxes, and maybe this is why we don't like paying taxes, what we're doing when we're paying taxes is we're being forced to share. And we don't like to share. Myself, as an example here, um, I normally, all of you have to pay into Social Security. Um, as a member of the clergy, members of the clergy, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of a look into how confusing and weird my taxes are. Members of the clergy, if you want to, you can actually say... You have to do it in the first two years after you're ordained, but you can actually say, I don't want to pay into Social Security. 
Well, that became very, very vogue for all of my classmates at the seminary because right around that time we were all coming to this realization that when I do pay money to Social Security, I'm never going to see that ever again. Social Security is probably not going to be around when I get to the point when I need Social Security. So I really am sharing when I pay into Social Security. I'm sharing with some of you later on in life. And I decided that I would actually do that because I thought that it was, well, not really LCMS theology for me to say, well, I don't believe in taxes. I do. It's just hard. Well, we don't like to share. That's really what it comes down to. We don't like to take our money and put it into this big governmental pot so that they can then decide, okay, we're going to share this with other people. We're going to share this with people that have jobs with the government. We're going to share this with people that need to be on Medicare and Medicaid. We're going to share this with all sorts of people. And we don't like to be told that we have to share. Maybe some of us would be like, well, it'd be okay if I could actually decide who and what I'm sharing with. But at the end of the day, you have to recognize that you probably would not share the same amount that you do in taxes. You would say, I'm going to keep this for myself. Thank you very much. Which is what's so miraculous about this passage in Acts 4. Acts 4, right after Jesus had risen from the tomb, all of these Christians are getting together. They're getting very excited about their faith because their faith is now founded not on just a guy who died, not just on a great teacher, but on this guy who died and he actually rose again. They're very excited. And when people are really excited, they do some sort of odd things. And the odd thing that these first Christians start to do is it says they renounce private ownership. They go, well, you know, I I don't need all of this stuff. I need some stuff, but if we all get together and we all pool our resources together as a little commune, because that's what it was, then we'll all work together just fine. And if we read in the book of Acts that what, what they're actually doing is they're even you know, selling off their property and putting that money into the big community pot. And so just think about what that would look like for us here at University Lutheran. Just think about that. So all of us probably make a little bit of money here or there. First thing that you would have to recognize that would happen in your life is that uh, when you get your paycheck from wherever you get your paycheck from, well, you'd have to have to bring that in to church here, and you'd just sign the back of that check, and we would go and deposit your check into the University Lutheran bank account. You don't get to keep any of that. Some of you that are in debt are like, well, that's fine. I don't really get anything. I'm paying more out. But everybody here has possessions. Even if you're in debt, you probably have something that you own. A car, perhaps? You would take your car title and you would sign that over to University Lutheran. 
And we would keep all of your cars here. And we'd probably, like, cull the herd a little bit. All of the older cars, we'd probably say, eh, okay, get rid of that one. We'd probably keep some of the newer ones, the hybrid ones. They're a little bit uh, more cost-efficient anyway. And um, a, we would have to figure out rides, where you're going, when you need to get to work, stuff like that. Maybe we'd just get rid of all of the cars and we'd buy a big bus. Yeah, big University Lutheran bus. Oh, and then, uh, well, let's see, if you can't own anything, then, well, we'll probably have to take your house, for those of you that own a home. Now, that does mean no more mortgage payment, so that's a good thing, right? Um, But that also means that we're putting it on the market. Um, And and we're going to find some place to live so that we can live together communally, and that will be all uh, very fun. Um, Maybe that that old Holiday Inn that's downtown that they're redoing right now, maybe we can move in there. Oh, and then we'd have to figure out how to eat, right? So breakfast, lunch, and dinner here at University Lutheran. And we'd all get together, and uh, we'd break bread together. That's what what, uh, they they said that they would do. And um, we'd pray together, and then uh, from breakfast, we'd all go off to work. And, you know, maybe you'd you'd get a a lunch sack if if you're going to work. Maybe you'd just kind of stick around here otherwise if you don't have class. Um, and, And then everybody would get back together here for dinner, and we'd all have to decide what to watch together on TV. That'd probably be the most difficult part about this whole thing. And by now, you're probably getting kind of frightened where I'm going with this sermon. I didn't know that Pastor Jay was such a pinko. What? What? I mean, that's what the Bible says. Why shouldn't we be considering this? You know what? In fact, we could probably even go a lot further. You know, those, those disciples, they were really great. Don't get me wrong. But I, I actually think that we could one-up them. Maybe two of them, maybe three of them. Because we have other possessions. Maybe we don't usually think about them as possessions, but we have other stuff that we sort of own. Some of us here have fantastic intellects. Some of us here know how to do things, and have this sort of mind that can wrap around certain concepts. And maybe you could share that with the rest of us. So maybe instead of watching TV together, we actually listen to a lecture from somebody from the community every day as they teach us something about music or politics or something else. Medicine, biology, English. So that's one of the possessions that you have, is just your intellect. Another thing that you sort of possess, you sort of own, is your relationships with other people. I have this relationship with my grandmother. She is the coolest lady ever. She lives up in Nebraska. She used to brew beer, and she will give you tips on how to do it. Wouldn't you want to get to know my grandmother, have a relationship with her? I would have to share that with you. So we could go above and beyond in our sharing. We could begin to share our time. What a precious commodity that is. Our time with one another. 
saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give up on, on just like staying to myself and I'm actually going to spend some time with you. We could share our emotions with one another. That's really difficult. We could share forgiveness with one another. We could say, you know, I, I feel like I'm forgiven by Jesus Christ, and so because of that, I'm not going to hold that grudge against you anymore, and instead, I'm, I'm going to forgive you. There's all sorts of stuff that we could share that we don't. And it might sound a little bit jarring at first to think about sharing our physical possessions, sharing our paycheck, sharing where we live, sharing our car. But it's probably just as jarring to think about sharing a lot of that other stuff too. Especially sharing it with a bunch of people that as you look around, you might consider them to be strangers right now. Jesus shared his life with a bunch of people that he knew on one level. But they didn't know him. And that's really what's driving the apostles and those early Christians to share with one another. Is that now that Jesus is resurrected, now things are clicking for them. Now when they're looking back at Jesus' life, they begin to see all of the things that he has shared with them. As they look back at their lives, they look at the time that he shared with them. They look at the miracles that he shared with them. They look at the teaching that he shared with them. They look at the physical things that he shared with them. The bread, the fish... They look at even the life that he shared with them. The life that he gave completely on the cross. Sharing his life with them so that they would know that their sins are forgiven. And then they saw him raise again from the tomb. And what they saw in that is one of the greatest Easter miracles that we know of. And it actually probably informs us about our resurrected lives. And that is this. When Jesus died on the cross, He gave His whole life. And when He rose again from the tomb, God reestablished that life in Him. And what he promises us is that the same thing happens for us. That when we share of ourselves, he gives us more to share. When we share our emotions with somebody else, he gives us more emotions to share. When we share our physical possessions, somehow magically even though you may not get that same exact physical possession back, you find something else that you might be able to share. Maybe the disciples and those early Christians were far ahead of us in terms of being able to share their physical possessions. But they showed us a picture of what 
our life is going to be like for eternity. I mean, how do you think we're going to live forever? If you really believe that because Jesus rose from the tomb, because he came out of that tomb, if you really believe that because of that, you have everlasting life, is that everlasting life just going to be you static in the resurrection? Or are you going to keep sharing with everybody else that's there with you? I think you're going to keep sharing. Because you won't have to worry then about the scarcity that we experience in this world. You'll share and share and share and God will give and give and give. And share and share and share and give and give and give. And you will never be without something to share. And amazingly enough, That happens on the day that you're baptized. That on that day, God gives you a gift. A gift of life. That you can share and share and share. And it will never diminish. That's His promise for you. And so, maybe we won't. Have breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. Maybe we won't get a bus. Maybe we won't all move into the same dormitory space together. But we can start sharing something new today. I can start sharing my forgiveness with you. You can start sharing your forgiveness with somebody else. You can start sharing your life with somebody else. And the reason that you can do that is that you know the one who shared everything about him on that cross. And then after that said, don't worry. Share as much as you want. I'll always be here to give you more. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.